You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, it's only been 24 hours since we've last talked, but, man, there's been a lot of news out there. Yeah, about the Cowboys it, it hunt. seems, I mean, you know, again, once we start getting closer and closer to the season, it starts coming at us a lot more fast and furious. And, uh, and it, it being the Cowboys, the, the nature of the news that comes at us is always kind of weird and different. So, and we've got some more of it. Yeah, it's, yeah. and it's never-ending. So coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about Tyrone Crawford moving back to defensive tackle, uh, strong safety, free safety, George Iloka uh, signing with the Minnesota Vikings, and maybe what that means for the Cowboys' safety situation. But before we do anything else, I want to talk about Travis Frederick. Uh, right before we jumped <laughs> on the show, uh, Travis Frederick sent out a, a message kind of stating what's been going on with him over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I'm actually going to read that, that statement to you guys right now. Uh, this is from Travis Frederick's Twitter account. Um, it says, after a very extensive examination and discovery process over the past few weeks, I've been diagnosed with having Gillian-Bear syndrome, I think is how you say it, uh, which is an autoimmune disease. I think disease. it's Bar. I think in it's Bar. 40, even, yeah, yeah. Bar. I could sorry, be wrong. Bar. In the, in the last 48 hours, I have received two treatments that address my condition, and I am feeling much better from an overall strength perspective. I will continue these treatments over the next few days. I am very optimistic about my condition in the in, and the immediate future, as I've been told that the illness was detected at a fairly early stage. My doctors have told me that it is not possible to determine a timetable for a return to the field right now, but I am hopeful that I will be able to play as soon as possible. I am deeply grateful for all the people who have expressed concern for me throughout the past four weeks and my teammates in the Cowboys organization have provided me and my family with tremendous support. So a lot in there, Landon. Yeah. Um, I'm not very familiar with this disease <laughs> at all. I mean, so I, you know, just like everybody else, and just to give everyone a, an idea of how soon before we recorded, you know, basically as the news broke on Twitter, I got almost at the same moment a DM from uh, Marcus saying, hey, let's start podcasting. So it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's very much happening as we're recording, and I've got my eyes kind of on Twitter as we're talking. But, um, I, you know, uh, just based on what you scan really quickly on um, – I think there's two ways to look at this, as always. If you if you do the, the Met, you know, WebMD thing and, and you, like, hop on Google and, and, and type in the, uh, the name of the sim- uh, syndrome – and you look up on, on, on Mayo Clinic, I mean, it's terrifying what you see. Yeah, and that's no, no, of course, of course. You go yeah, it's, it, it's right all, now. you know, it's basically, um, you know, is, he, you know, some people have it walk, walk for, they, they, they have partial paralysis for multiple years. I mean, you see all kinds of stuff on here. Um, and so, and then the other side of it is if you actually read, what he said um and you actually you know you actually uh uh keep in mind what what you saw from him uh not too long ago 
um, you know, it, it feels like he, uh, it's not that level of, of severity. I, you know, I think that there's definitely, from what I've read seen in, in light of this about reporting on it, uh, is that there's, you know, different like levels of this sort of syndromes and, and that, you know, his is, I think kind of mild. I mean, clearly, cause he, you know, I don't think, you know, paralysis was ever in, in the minds of it, you know, it's, uh, it's just it's just one of those things for uh you know where it's we don't we know what it is but we don't have enough information about you know in its you know personal medical information that's the thing that makes it you know obviously not something we're going to get uh, uh so i think right. at this point all we can go on is uh their tone and the tone that's being put out in the media and like again it's like i was telling you beforehand like and this is one of the reasons I wanted you to read the actual statement is because you know they don't have to you know for, for whatever reason use language like my read that section about the immediate future like I am I I am uh, here I I think I got two uh, I will continue these treatments over these things I'm very optimistic about my condition and the immediate future as I have been told that the illness was de- de- detected at a fairly early age so I, again like the, the fact that he's talking about the immediate future um, you know I am hopeful that I will be able to play as soon as possible you know I, I think they don't necessarily he doesn't necessarily have to use that language while still being positive you know like i think that that, that to him that makes it that to me that sounds like uh and then some other things subsequently we've seen uh brian brought us come out and answer a question about you know could, would he could he be an ir to return candidate and they're like and, and his suggestion that no you probably just would make him inactive until he was ready to go it, it, again to me implies that you know, this isn't something that they're necessarily considering shutting him down from the season yet sort of situation. This is something that they think, oh, right. it may uh, bleed into a couple of games into the season, but it's not. Yeah, go Can ahead. Can I ask please. something really quickly? Uh, Todd Archer, just a couple seconds ago, tweeted um, it, basically the same thing. They said, but multiple sources, sources said he could miss multiple weeks as he recovers. You're going to hear reports like this over the next couple of days. And I don't think yes. they're all that useful. I mean, because c- uh, no really one knows. really knows. So that's the point. And I, I think that the, what we, you know, all, all the only people that have all the information, we should really, really listen to the words that they, that they give us specifically, because again, and as I was telling you, they choose the wording on these releases, you know, they don't, that's why this is in a, in a statement on a, you know, from a, in a graphic because they chose the word specifically and not like a tweet where you have to be limited by words, you know? And so, and I think that they right. chose the, and you know, whatever, of course the football players are always optimistic about how they feel about things. Right. But the fact is, is that he's angling to, you know, make it sound like he should be back soon. Um, you know, and again, like that's not outside of, uh, medical possibility from what it seems like too. There's treatments that you know we had talked about that, and again, all I, I'm not speaking from a level of authority, and I don't want to be speaking from a level of authority. Everyone should do the same amount of, of research that I did, uh, you know, just for the moments before I got on the show. I'm not trying to act like I know, <laughs> I, but I mean, again, the things that they talk about in the uh, you know, the Mayo Clinic uh, website, you know, plasma exchange and uh, immunoglobin uh, therapy treatment, like these are things that the, that these players do often 
um, to either accelerate recovery from injury or any for any other number of reasons. So um, I, I just think that, you know, if we, if given a choice uh, as the guy who's not having to go through this, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm just glad he doesn't have like some sort of, you know, uh, Peyton Manning type in situation, uh, uh, and it's more of a you know treatment situation that you know they that it's that's that they can get a hold of that they know how to treat specifically and and that he can you know live with and get better you know and feel better from. Yeah. So just thoughts and prayers Absolutely. out to Travis Frederick. Yeah, we, we love him. I mean, he's a great, great, um, fantastic guy too. That's the other thing. Right, and he's one of the, the the leaders and the captains of the Cowboys. So we're we're hoping that he makes a full recovery, and that that sounds like it's still certainly possible. We're just yeah. not sure when it's going to be. Um, at this point, uh, we know you guys are big Cowboys fans, and we know uh, that winning is important, but it's more important that Frederick figures out how to get healthy um, as quick as possible. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to some other news. Uh, this one, th- this was actually going to be our big story of the day, and that's Tyrone Crawford uh, last night according to Clarence Hill, uh, is moving back to defensive tackle. Now, I was one this offseason that kind of poo-pooed that idea because I didn't think Crawford wanted to move back to defensive tackle. Uh, and maybe this isn't his choice. Uh, maybe this is one of the things where Randy Gregory and potentially even Dorrance Armstrong have beaten out Crawford in camp that the Cowboys have decided to move Crawford elsewhere uh, to help maximize their potential in the defensive line. So it sounds like Crawford is now going to be done and maybe you'll see him a couple snaps here and there uh but expect probably crawford to be the team's starting three technique in week one right landon i i I guess so i I mean it's it's tough you know i i think at this point to know i mean i think with collins coming back that's going to obviously kind of make as far as the starting aspect of it i think that's going to make things complicated i guess um You know, I, I think that I, I think there's still concerns. You know, for me as far as his size. I mean, I think he's going to be great rushing the passer. And and if and if you know if he's really just playing playing the the run uh, on his way to the pass or playing the pass the run on the way to the quarterback, I guess is that's what way playing to the, the quarterback. The um, yeah. Yep. Then I think he you know he should be fine. I, I I just I I wonder I worry about those times when he gets caught up. You know on um. Uh, you know, in blocks and inside, and, and, and just because he, you know, he has lost a lot of that heft to him, uh, and, and he's going to take a beating in there, you know, uh, at that size. So, um, you know, I think if the idea is to get him in that spot and then rotate him and Collins, I love that idea. Like, I mean, I, de- I, de- I definitely think I. that those two, um, you know, is just basically kind of give them 50-50 splits on the on the reps and and really not worry about who's the starter is just as much as making sure that you're spelling the other guy um and then you know figure out one technique separately but that could collins and and crawford and then maybe you know uh uh coney ely or one of the other inside out guys i think could be your solution oh dayton jones even you know if you, if you wanted dayton jones as kind of your third guy in there and then let him also get his rotation as the one technique uh, yeah i think it kind of helps alleviate a lot of the uh, concern uh, specifically at the three technique until david irving gets back and then once david irving gets back you you've got you know a situation where maybe you could get play Collins. I mean, we, neither one of us love Collins at uh, at 
one technique. But uh, uh, but I think that you know you could get Collins some snaps there if you're just trying to get your best guys on the field uh, once Irving gets back. Yeah, you mentioned it, getting your best guys on the field. I I applaud the Cowboys for this move because I think this allows you to get your best four defensive linemen on the field. Um, I actually thought Crawford, as much as I, I was one of the people that believed that he is a better defensive end than what he ever got credit for. Um, I know his contract makes it seem like he he is underperforming, and he is at defensive end. But remember why the the Cowboys gave him that contract? It was because they thought he was this next great pass rusher from the inside. Um, can he get back to that level? I, I'm not sure. He's an older player now. I think he's 28 or 29. But I still think ultimately this is this is the right move for Tra- for Travis Frick, for Tyrone Crawford and the Dallas Cowboys for a couple different reasons. I think this improves your interior of your defensive line. It gives you more depth. It gives you more quality players. But it also opens up snaps for Randy Gregory and Dorrance Armstrong, who is kind of getting lost in this conversation a lot. I know when Clarence Hill sent out the initial tweet, it was, I think we need to start being prepared for Randy Gregory to be the week one right defensive end. But I think it also says a lot about the Cowboys' confidence level in Dorrance Armstrong. Do yeah, I mean, obviously. I think the idea is that Dorrance Armstrong has not, I mean, not just, you know, played his way onto the team, but played his way into a, a spot that of you got to get this guy on the field at some point. You know, I mean, like, I mean, I think, yeah. yeah I, one thing I, I felt pretty good about health wise with these offensive linemen, which is just crazy. Uh, is Tyron Smith, <laughs> it's just, which is just nuts, you know, because right. it's, it's, at this point, Tyron's the healthy of, of those three. Um, and, and, uh, insane. and so, but you know, so when he's, when he's out there, he's, he's been a, a, amazing. So uh, obviously this whole time, this has been leading to, you know, Armstrong has just been slicing and dicing every offensive tackle we've got. And it's been leading to building to this, uh, 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 you know this this apex of, of of facing of the two facing off and, and Armstrong gets in there they give three reps and he wins one and I think you know obviously the fact that he was able to win one is uh, is is just really impressive and clearly it shows that he's ready for that level of 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 you know, of production of of try, going out there and beating NFL level offensive tackles you know maybe on a two or three snap a game basis you know so um yeah i think at this point they fi- they found out not only do they have depth but they they've got to find a way to get a guy like armstrong snaps uh and the best way to do that plus solve your issue at defensive tackle or at least you know definitely strengthen it in a way that it wasn't before uh was to do what they really didn't want to have to do was uh but what what is kicking Crawford back inside because of you know I mean obviously I mean no one I'd be I would like to hear what he how he feels about it because I I don't I doubt he feels great about it you know I mean he's I mean so I'm sure he doesn't that was the reason why he got he moved outside is because he said his body couldn't take yeah so I just I feel like uh uh yeah, I I just I I feel like it's been a it's been a long uh it's been a, a long steady incline you know for for Armstrong and then that whole process again it was just too too much uh, symbiosis for them to like you know help both both defensive tackle and defensive end uh, by you know instead of having too many players at defensive end now you've just you know moved one where you needed 
where you needed the depth anyways. And, and so, you know, no matter how you feel about one technique, I think, uh, where they are now with the idea that Collins, with the idea that Collins gets come come back for week one, uh, I think hopefully is, is that they're pretty solid at defensive tackle to the point where they're ready to at least play these four games and then see where they are once, see where at least where Irving is once he gets back. I just think this is a, a big thing for the Cowboys in the sense that they really believe that Randy Gregory is back and can be that right defensive end that they've kind of hoped and dreamed that he could become. So this is just opening the door for him to be a full-time player. Again, uh, for the I, real quick. This, when we come I, back, I just, go I, ahead. Everyone should, you know, they, they, they recognized early on that, that Randy was, you know, capable of doing this and they put a lot of faith in it. And a lot of people thought that it was misguided faith and I think at this point now we can look back and say it was definitely not misguided faith that this guy has the talent level to come back and recover oh, not from. At all. I mean, recover, but I mean, to, to to physically, you know, there was doubts that he would even be able to get back to a level that was, you know, make, make him worthy of being on the team. There were people talking about how if he would even make the team, and now he's you know shining so hard, so well that they're thinking about putting him, starting him out as a starter after not playing for two years. I mean, I, I think that that a lot of people need to go back and recognize that the Cowboys rightfully knew what they had and recognized what they had in this guy and were rightfully patient and, and right uh, to, to wait for him because he has a level of talent that it's, it's like Rolando McClain coming off his couch to be able to play football, NFL football after two weeks. Right. It's nuts. And, and not just any starter, a guy that was a team captain last year and that was thought of very highly uh, around with the coaches yeah. and the players. So, uh, impressive, impressive uh, last few weeks for Randy Gregory. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Cowboys' safety situation and all the things going on in free agency. All right, on Wednesday morning, it was announced that free agent safety George Iloka, who was recently released from the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, was going to sign a one-year veteran minimum deal with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and it seemed like that move bothered a lot of people, and I'll even admit it kind of bothered me because – there's been a lot of veteran safeties on the market between Trey Boston and Kenny Vaccaro and Aloka. Um, you can even throw Eric Reed in there. Um, and when you look at the Cowboys' depth chart, especially now with uh, Xavier Woods going to miss some time, Jamil Showers, who we didn't think was going to factor into this, but uh, you know, a guy that's not going to be here it's for the depth. next couple of weeks. Uh, the Cowboys have some openings. Uh, they have Jeff Heath, who we we really like. Uh, but then there's Kavon Frazier, who really is a strong safety, special teams type of player, who I don't think you want on the field uh, more than a handful of snaps at a time. Uh, I think there was a lot of people out there that were thinking that there are safeties out there that could help the Cowboys right away. Um, and they've seen all these guys go in free agency to you know to good teams uh, for relatively small dollars. So why... I guess I don't have an explanation for this. People have been asking me on Twitter, why haven't the Cowboys looked into these guys? I don't know. I don't have a good answer. Do you have a, a reason why the Cowboys are avoiding well, these guys? I mean, learning? I think, first of all, let's let's sort the good from the bad. All right. Kenny Vaccaro is not a good player. All I right. Agree with so, him as well. No, and he, he's no, really not. And, he can't and that's, cover. That's you know, kind of important when you play defensive back. So. Well, but the other but, two. But listen, but listen. Uh, okay, Boston but and Iloka is also he. Listen, as much as anyone wants to talk about, it, he's a strong safety. All right, people want to look at this PFF and they he want is, to say yes. he played free safety. But as we, you and I talked about it before, playing free safety in cover two and playing free safety in cover four is not the same thing as playing in a single. Oh, it's not terrible. 
playing single <laughs> single high safety is very difficult. It, it's 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 a, it's an athletic yes. uh, 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 co- you know athletic position combined with instinct and, and intelligence and route combination recognition that it's it's a different position than than playing in the box. And if, if you don't believe me, ask all the guys who you know thrived at one and not the other. So. Uh, you know, look, Iloka's a big guy, six three or four. You know, two hundred ten pounds plus. Uh, he's a strong safety. I will argue though he doesn't. I will argue though he doesn't play much like a strong safety. I actually asked uh, one of our friends, Joe Goodbury, uh, about his ability. He said he's he's got the frame of a strong safety, but he's just not that physical of a player. Uh, he's actually better off in deep zone. But see, that doesn't. I mean, that doesn't. That really doesn't help me because he him better off at that point. Um, you know, it's it, it to me, it's about. Being able to fully, if you're not able to play the position close enough to the line of scrimmage to make the difference and also prevent everyone from getting behind you, then you you can't really play the position. Like if you know what I'm saying. Like I think they they did what they did with JJ Wilcox, and they they're done with having these safeties play 35 yards off the ball so that they have they can be certain that their safeties don't get beat deep. Like that's the first thing the safeties have to do. So if you can't play the last line of defense while also playing close enough to the line of scrimmage to make an effect on the game, then you're not really playing the position they want. And you're certainly not playing it to the, the way that they want to pay somebody for. So, I, 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 and, and here's the other part about this. this. There's two things that are, that are into this, specifically about Iloka is that one, never assume that the deal that somebody got at another spot is the same deal that they were going to get here or that they could get here because, That's a great because point. there's a reason that the That's guy signed point. over there and not here. He wanted to be, you know, he even said that he wanted to be with his coach. So there's, there's a possibility that he didn't even want to come here. Like, you know, there's, there's all kinds of reasons that he may not have given Dallas the same deal that he did got Minnesota, that he gave Minnesota. Uh, the, yeah, and yeah. Now, can I add one more thing to that really quickly? I, I'm pretty sure too, there was some guaranteed money from Cincinnati uh, it, it's one of these deals where if he signs more than the veteran minimum, it actually takes away from the guaranteed money yeah. that Cincinnati owes him. Uh, so he can actually double dip by signing a veteran minimum deal in Minnesota and getting the guaranteed money that was owed to him from the Bengals. Yeah, so that and, makes and sense. to me, I think you know the other part of it that's not being spoken is how much better is Iloka than how they feel about a guy like Jeff Heath? Because I think. What people don't realize is that they, I think they really like Jeff Heath, like, and I think, yeah, and I, and I think he looks good fine. when he plays in the box and does that. I think he might be as good as I look. So you know, I I, I understand the, the whole idea of uh, of signing a vet safety because they need the depth. But here's the other thing about that is that if you sign a guy now to literally just play two weeks of preseason football because you end up getting. Woods back, and then suddenly you 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 don't necessarily want that guy because you need a more young, strong, you know, a, a more young a special teamer type guy instead, like as your fourth safety instead of like a pricey third safety. 
it's too late, and you've already, the guy's you know contract is already signed uh, is guaranteed for you know, because he signed before the week one. So you can either wait till after week one and sign that guy and get a, a better deal on a on a veteran safety who could give you some snaps if you need that, and hope that Woods get better, or you might be making room for a bigger splash so, or a, someone to be cut. Like I just feel like I don't know that I loca. For all the particulars, I, I was, you know, I, I was, I, I was fifty fifty on it. It's, it wasn't like a slam dunk for me when, when it came in because the, the only thing I liked about it is that I liked that it kind of gave you uh, some immediate safety depth. At least you know what knew where you were. But at the same time, they could end up getting a better guy after the cuts after for after a trade not, not even Earl Thomas like but but maybe Earl Thomas uh, you know so like i just feel like there's no reason for us to pay that money to get a guy that they weren't so sure is that much better than Jeff Heath uh and then to you know suddenly not really have the spot to actually improve the position uh once you know cuz that's the other thing is once woods get back like how much better is your position really by having iloka on the team i don't know that it is that much better like if you actually went out and got a a a free a free safety that was better than woods then you would have, have improved the the position but i think they really like what they've got in woods so i think in order for them to try to get somebody on top of him, it's going to have to be a real swing of the fence. Otherwise, they want, I'm pretty sure that they'll just want a, a guy who's more of a fourth safety special teamer type. I don't think they want, you know, they like they like the three guys that they have. They know they need a fourth, but they like the three guys that they have enough that they want to see them actually get snaps. Say what you will about Frazier. I think he's a lot like, uh, Wilcox in the sense that he he has value being on the field in defense in in limited snaps because he he is physical he, he can make plays on the ball uh, and I think for a while Jeff Heath was like that but Jeff Heath has developed out of that to a, a guy I, I want on the field just in the box all the time so um uh, look I, I, it's 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 difficult because it's complicated and each one of them are different uh the the one i i probably couldn't tell you is is trey boston because he is more of a free safety uh, i i think honestly that he yeah i also think maybe young. he was asking more than they were willing to pay and it and for them it, it became a well do you like him or woods more and they were like we don't know and we're getting woods for a lot cheaper so let's just ride this out so I don't know. I mean, you know, and then Eric Reed, obviously, because of all uh, non-football related stuff, which you know, believe what you want. Yeah, so, that's that's that's, that's a, whole a totally different issue. Different issue. Um, I, I just I don't know. This one, this is one of the ones where I kind of struggle with because I would like to see, and I, I'm a hundred percent on the agreement with Heath. I think he is a really good player that needs to be on the field all the time. I just believe that the best teams in the NFL are constantly adding depth. And even you look at Minnesota, they're not going to use Iloka as a starting safety. He's going to probably be their third safety. And it but kind again, of sounds like yeah, they're going to find like, I mean, do, do you think Iloka's coming to Dallas on a team that he doesn't necessarily like, you know, know or like have any ties to at all to like to come play the, the vet no, and, and be the third safety? Like no, probably not. I guess I'm sp- I'm I'm talking about generally because, and I know you can look. at I mean, each that's the one problem is that we is that we look maybe... at it generally, but then if you actually look at it specifically, the more you look at it specifically, the more 
you know, there is circumstance there. I, I understand, like, your point is that, yeah, you're right, like, Iloka is that way, but, but you know, generally speaking, they, they need safety depth and they haven't got it. And you're right. I mean, that, that part is true. But at the same time, like, cuts aren't done. It's not week one yet. Like, they're still... Right. I'm not gonna kill. I'm not. I'm not gonna kill them now because if we get to if we get to September 5th and they grab somebody from the Packers or somebody else that you know can come in, that's fine. But if we get to Week One and there's really no other option besides Kevon Frazier and there's nobody behind him, or you know it's just an undrafted rookie free agent, then that's where I. I just have don't a believe but it's gonna be like to the Cowboys. Like, I just you know I think they'll go into right. Week One. And that's fine. With, with there's a good chance something will ha- either they'll they'll have a sign a guy right. after the cuts, they'll trade for a guy one way or another. Uh, you know, and 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 they'll have their fourth guy. I just think that they've realized that their fourth guy isn't on the team right now, and they don't want to close off their opportunity for a good free agent period. Uh, you know, which is basically the cutdowns. You know, the after the day after the cutdowns, by you know signing a vet guy that may not even be the best fit for what they're doing. Right, and I'm gonna add one more thing really quickly. Um, veterans that you sign now and that yeah. make your first 53-man exactly. roster, uh, they have guaranteed salaries for That's the That's what I was talking year. about. Yeah, it's like Typically, wanting to sign those guys after right, week yeah. one because, I mean, the vet guys, if you're going right. to go that route, you would rather sign them after week one because otherwise their whole contract for the year is guaranteed. And you don't want that, especially if, like, you know, they're injury prone or something. And if you don't even necessarily like them that much, you can just cut them and get a younger guy. Because, again, the guy that you're talking about, unless he's better than Xavier Woods, then he's going to need to be a special teams guy. And most of those guys, you're going to want younger players. Absolutely. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys tomorrow as we preview the Cowboys' third preseason game. Mm-hmm.